The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network and in association with NDPW.com. Turnbuckle Talk is sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com, where you get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST. Turnbuckle Talk is also partnered with Phoenix at FNXFit.com, where you get 15% off all your health supplements simply by using promo code TBTALKPOD. Follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TV Talk Pod. Listen on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you catch your favorite programs. And now, pro wrestling fanatics, are you ready? Here are your hosts, Mighty Joe Morin and Carl Carafel. That's right, everybody. My name is Carl Carafel, alongside Mighty Joe, as always. And a couple of amazing returning friends we have here down below me. You will see Mr. JPJ. And over on the other side, underneath Mighty Joe, you're going to see, as you just heard in that amazing intro, Mr. RBV. And this is Turnbuckle Talk. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, as per usual, well, actually, you know what? Uh, we usually kind of go back and forth with you know. I mean, we have a lot of topics here, but I want to um, kind of fully introduce uh, our our panel here, and then uh, to do something a little bit special before we get to our actual topics here. Back for an unprecedented, I believe, unprecedented at this point for an unprecedented third episode in a row from Love Wrestling Between Two Beards, The War Report, all that amazing stuff. Mister JPJ, welcome back again, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me again for a third week in a row. This is a this has been a blast for me the last couple of weeks. We got a good one lined up here. I'm glad we have another guest as well. So even more mouths to bounce off of with our crazy <laughs> thoughts and ideas. So uh, looking forward to it. Thanks for having me again. The other crazy mouth that he is referring to is our good old friend, Mr. Richard Brunson Vickery from the Hitting the Marks podcast from over in the Hameen Media Group and all that amazing stuff over there. Welcome back, Rick. It's been a hot minute, my friend. I was going to say, uh, you got JPJ and you guys are turning into the Freebirds, but I don't know if we need any more <laughs> acronyms around here. Uh, but yeah, it, it is great once again to be back with you, the art of the beat of the V. Richard Brunson Vickery, of course, from the HMG, the Hameen Media Group. But hey, it is always a pleasure to join uh, my my only favorites from the Great White North right here on Turnbuckle Talk. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Good to have you back, sir. Before we get to our topic, so we're going, since we are uh, part of the Love Wrestling family now, we're going to talk about our big initiative for the month with it being Pride Month. I've got the ticker down the bottom. Uh Again, I like to throw this over to Carl and JPJ because they do a much better job at talking about this and promoting it than I do. I'll start with uh, with you, JPJ. Tell us about the Trevor Project and what we got going on. Yeah, so the Trevor Project is a great organization. Um, it specializes in suicide awareness for the LGBTQ youth. Not just suicide awareness, but that is a specialty of theirs. But they help everybody um, in the LGBTQ community. Um, with any of their problems. And I know at Love Wrestling, there's a few of us on staff who have used them before and they're very passionate about it. Um, I know it's an organization that a lot of us at Love Wrestling have really gotten behind 
in general, but specifically with Pride Month, and it means a lot to a lot of people. So, yeah, man, we've been touting it on every stream, every show we do. We've been trying to raise a bunch of money. We set a goal of a thousand bucks, and we crushed that literally like ten days into June. Yeah. So now the new goal, we upped it to two thousand, and we're on our way. So, yeah, man, we've been doing some good stuff, but mainly the people that have been donating. Um, are the real heroes here by donating and raising awareness, sharing the link, even if you can't share it, you know, awareness is equally as uh, valuable to me as donating. So yeah, man, we've been doing, it's been great so far and hopefully we can get to that 2000. For sure. And to cap it off here, Krugs, I know, you know, you have a child that, uh, that is in this community. So I know it's something that's uh, the close, uh, it's close to your heart as well. Yeah, it definitely is. And I mean, just the outpouring of support that has been shown from the community, from the professional wrestling community. I mean, wow. Wow. People people tend to think that the uh, pro wrestling community is just this very small hush-hush type of thing. But no, we are powerful. We have powerful voices and we can do powerful things. And you guys have 100% shown that to us and we're forever grateful the ticker down below go there donate.tiltify.com slash at love wrestling ca slash trevor project if you can't remember all of that you know the easiest thing to do go to lovewrestling.ca and the information is all right there for you at lovewrestling.ca so go and check that out and if you can even two dollars, a dollar, whatever you can you can spare, it definitely helps and goes to a great cause. If you can't share it, that's it. Because maybe three of your friends can help out, and if they can help out, there's three dollars that you couldn't give. Right? It's all the little things, man. It's all the little things for sure. I, I thought I put it up there. So if you're even if you're watching this after the fact, just pause the video. And then you can type in the uh, the address there, and uh, like I said, either donate or you know if you're not financially able to share the link out. Don't feel guilty for not being able to do that. Share the link out, and you know maybe three or four people might uh, donate off that. So uh, sharing the link is just as uh, awesome as donating yourself. So it's uh, either way, or if you do both, it's greatly appreciated. Well, I, I do want to say, you know, what's what seems very cool about the project. I know I come off as an individual that doesn't give a crap about other human beings, but uh, what I think is really cool here with the Trevor Project is you, you talk about the suicide awareness, and I think you know that's something that a lot of people in society they don't want to think about the negatives and the dark side. And you know, when you, when you deal with an alternative life, I don't want to say alternative, but you know, maybe that's something that in many ways is not per still perceived as the norm. Uh, there's a lot of weight that can weigh on a sh on the shoulders of an individual. And if they feel like they're alone, you can be in a very scary place. So I, I think it's great. You know, it, it's such a tremendous stride forward that people are willing to talk about and help others overcome those obstacles. Yes, absolutely. All right, boys, let us get to our professional wrestling discussion. The main reason why the four of us are here today. And this first topic is really what kind of kickstarted this whole episode and getting everybody involved here. Um, I, I I don't remember exactly what source or thing I got this from. It was just the, the headline and everything that, that really caught my eye that just kind of like, it just it kind of electroshocked me back into coherency, I guess, uh, what kind of was going on here. But uh, Vince McMahon specifically saying that from now on going forward, every match that happens in WWE will happen for a reason uh, and not just be randomly thrown together. Um, so I'll kind of throw this around to you guys. You know, whoever can, whoever wants to can kind of take it first. But just just for like myself, right off the hop, I was just 
kind of flabbergasted. Like, shouldn't this always have been the approach kind of from day one? Uh, it just it felt a little odd to me. It's a novel well, concept, huh? Yeah. I'll, I'll jump in on this one. <laughs> Go ahead, Rick. Just the ultimate, the ultimate proverbial F you to the audience. Uh, is it that the ultimate just slap in the face of your intelligence? And I think this timing is so wonderful here that, okay, so during this pandemic, when you didn't have these other sources, uh, you know, live events, you weren't out touring on the road. Yeah, obviously you've had other statements saying that that you've heard, you've heard reports from creative that they've been holding back. They're waiting for the live audience. They haven't been putting their best foot forward. Why? Now, now you want us, the consumer, those of us that support you, to come out there and, and actually, we've already invested just not financially, but our time, and you've been giving us less than what we have earned as your fan base, as your consumer, but now you're going to turn it up. Now you want us to buy into this. I am selling this all day, calling your BS, Vince McMahon. And you know what? Simply because if that's the way you were handling some business, I'll be damned if I'm going to line up at any one of your gates and give you any of that money. I mean, yeah, that's right out the gate. Heat. I like it. Um, I, I think, I think for me, right, it is, you hear that and you're like, well, shouldn't that have been the case always? But I think we've become so accustomed that there, and you know, obviously the last year has been a little different with the pandemic and stuff like that, but we've been, we've become so accustomed with all this TV time. So for a long time on raw, they would just, and they're still doing it with some of the graphics that I've seen for raw tonight. Like they're just throwing matches together. That's it. Boom. These these are the matches that are happening tonight. And half of them, a few of them are like, whatever, King of the Ring qualifiers, whatever they're doing, Money in the Bank qualifiers, I'm sorry. So those have stakes, fine. Those That's a reason. But the other ones are just, nope, these are just attack. They're teaming now. These two, these two people are teaming against these two. It's like, okay, well, what's the reasoning? There is no reasoning for that. So when Joe shared me that link the other day, I was like, oh, and we were kind of just chatting about it. I was like, it really doesn't seem like this should be a hard thing to do. Like, oh, right. these people are going to fight. Let's give. Let's make sure there's a reason why they're fighting, not just it have them in the ring. As, it could be something as simple as you should always have some sort of reason if it's to go out there and further establish a persona. Uh, if you might not even have to do inside that match, but through your announcers, you're talking about. Let's say, just for an example, you got Ricochet out there doing something. You're talking about what else he has going on, or you're talking about how these are two hungry talents in either division that have their eye on that next level because it, you know this is the dream, the top stage. It's so easy, and so for them to dismiss it, okay, we have just been throwing things together, means that they completely do not care. Again, a major slap in the face. Because uh, I mean, you know, especially during my early days, you know, maybe it just been because of my age, but I just remember like watching weekly television, mainly at WWE at the time, because you know, during that age, you know, I really was kind of inside that bubble, so to speak. But I mean, like every single match, like I always felt like what was happening on screen, like I was watching, like there was some reason behind it. You know, there was like, you know, the two didn't like each other or maybe somebody who was fooling around with somebody else's wife or, you know, that there was some kind of motivation, some reason for them to be like, hey, I want to wrestle you in a wrestling ring. Not just, hey, let's wrestle in a wrestling ring. Okay, uh, why? But but <laughs> even, know? Joe, going back to when we were kids and you had enhancement talent, yeah. what'd you always have there? You had the promo that was in the little picture in picture so they could get over the character. They talked about whatever big match they had coming at SummerSlam. And then they went out there and showed you how impressive they were with their moves. And you hit that big finisher and you're building. Because like especially you know if I do decide to watch 
raw, especially for whatever <laughs> weird reason. Uh, you know, I, I feel like maybe a bit of an obscure reference for you guys, but maybe you'll get this one. The remember the animated show Animaniacs, the little girl oh, yeah. with the dog, where she would go, "Why." Why? Yeah. Like, I, I feel like I, I just sit there and I watch Raw sometimes to, to the same extent with SmackDown. I'm just like, why? Okay, I love you. Bye-bye. You know, like, you know, it's just like, you know, like, I, I feel like, you know, and maybe this is just because of the age group and, and just how long I've been watching it. But, like, on a regular basis, you, know, you had hinted at it, Rick. Like, I feel like my intelligence gets insulted because I'm just sitting there watching just random stuff. That's what it feels yeah. like a lot of the times. And not to just pick on WWE because it, it does trickle over into other promotions as well. They're not the only one that are guilty of this. But, um, you know, we like to point their finger because they're the, the big one on the top still. But, uh, but yeah, man, just it, it's I, – I, why? Why is the, the word that I always yeah. get thrown? Carl, what, what's kind of – I want to hear from you about this one a little bit. See, it's a double-edged sword when it comes to this because, I mean, the WWE, sure, yes, there should be reasons behind everything. Um, I've I've always kind of viewed this part of the WWE as the entertainment side of things as like a, a long-ass movie, and we're just you know getting clips of it every. So it's 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 like freaking TikTok. Okay, so you, you go on to TikTok for those younger generation, or I don't know, I'm on TikTok too. Uh, but I mean, you go on to TikTok and people are doing these like um, part one, part two, part three, part four of <laughs> it's it's the same thing with the WWE. So yes, they should be doing something to be able to have a reason for all of this mm. because that's the entertainment side of things. Sometimes though, you don't need to have a reason for something, especially. When people want to see professional wrestling, like this isn't this isn't a, a new thing here. People want to see professional wrestling. Why, so, why, when, and where do you not need a reason for something? Every, everything just, you do, everything you do all day has some kind of underlining reason, or should. It 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 should. You're right, should. but I mean. Even if you even if you sit down and relax and you think you're turning your brain off, that's because for like your mental health. That's for recharge. There's a reason behind that. Is like one big thing that they it's like true, to tell Sometimes too. I just I don't even want a reason for these two people to be in the ring together. I just want yeah. to see some professional wrestling. I don't care what the reason is. That, see, one other thing too, like that I want to touch on because I mean that is a valid point, but I mean. One of the things too that they they really like to kind of uh, you know pat themselves on the back for is like oh you know the, the, this um, we we had so many millions of views on YouTube and oh this certain video that likes all these views I'm like okay cool you know that's like a little snippet but how many people are actually going and watching the actual product you know the actual raw the actual SmackDown the the bigger shows. Not, they, 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 they keep touting that all that social media. I'm like, okay, that's great. Oh no, people are just going to see it, and they're, they're going to go and watch the other show. Are they really? Because the numbers would really, really beg to differ with that statement. Yep, 100. percent I also mm-hmm. think when we're specifically talking about WWE, they have a hard time of rewarding you as a viewer too, uh, which bothers me. It's very, like, very you know, true. Like it's very, we, very all true. of us here yeah. have been watching wrestling for a long time, right? So yes. like, I'm not stupid. I'm not stupid. We can talk as as early as last week. Like, I know that's Piper Niven. So why are you right. not? Why are you telling me that I'm not supposed to know who this person is when you damn well know I know who this person is because she was on another show on your friggin' network. Yeah. For me to watch right. weekly, 
weekly that you do ads for that had her in those ads. I, I think what? what's what's really hilarious about that is I found myself <laughs> thinking is you have Corey Graves, who is supposed to be this, you know, he's your expert, your, your sleuth. He knows all that's going on. But yet he's trying to sell to me that he has no clue here. It's pro wrestling 101. You book to the height of your audience's intelligence. Yeah. And, and those that are watching, you're pitching them your network. You're, you're, you're pitching them whatever streaming services you have to have access to these things. Right now, the only people you have left are us inside the bubble, which is your intelligent yeah. fan. You have lost your crossover general audience. So you need to, if you can reassure us and get us excited about your product in any which way, then yes, we are going to step outside our boundaries and go start pitching your product to other individuals. Hey, give this a shot. Check this out. But when they continue to slap us in the face and question our own intelligence, we're not going to return any favors. You know, like I said recently, I can't remember if it was uh, on our Love Wrestling platform or if it was on here with you, Carl, but... And it happens quite on a regular basis. So if I engage in a conversation with somebody who's a casual fan who who watches wrestling maybe like once a year if they're lucky, or just haven't watched it all, and then they find out, you know, they see me with the Love Wrestling shirt on, they go, "Oh, you watch a uh, professional wrestling, or you watch wrestling? Oh, is that 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 WWF thing? There, are they still doing WrestleMania?" <laughs> That's the the mindset of the the average person out there, right? And like I said before, too, with uh, the WrestleMania brand, Vince is very much of the belief, oh, well, WrestleMania sells itself. It does not anymore. That name has a value with us, sure, but it's not attracting anybody new or bringing anybody back who has stumbled to just kind of watching the occasional show. It, it just it, It's not the, the fact anymore. And a lot of what's kind of going on, these matches happening for no reason. You know, like let's like say, for example, with MMA. Pretty much every single fight in MMA typically has a reasoning behind it. Like either the guys don't like each other, or they used to train, and they like, okay, no, we're gonna, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna mess you up, right? There's for a fight or any kind of stuff, there has to be some reasoning behind it. That's kind of the greater issue here of what we're hinting at: that wrestling without any kind of purpose, it, it just it doesn't make for entertaining viewing. Yeah, and and to Carl's point, like yes, I like professional wrestling. I they could tell me like they already announced that Ricochet is fighting AJ Styles on Raw tonight. Okay, that's a match I would love to see, and that's a match that's going to be an awesome wrestling match. Um, and they added the money, the money in the bank qualifier to give it stakes. So there's a reason. But there's a lot of times where they would just announce a match like that, and there would be no reason. And as a wrestling fan, I know this match is going to be a banger, and I'm like, okay, it's going to be a good match. I'm going to love the match. But if there's added reason or added elements, the experience of that match is 100% different. Yeah. Period. Yeah. If, if if whether it's a long, hateful feud backstory or there are stakes or it's for t- whatever, if there's a reason, it makes the match when we all know it's probably going to be good with the, with these two guys that I referenced here. It makes it that much more important, and it adds to the viewing experience of the match. It can turn a three and a half four star match to a five star match if it culminates a the end of a great story or a great whatever. You know what I mean? At least it does for me. Because this transitions right into probably, the next... Go ahead, Carl. I think probably my biggest fear in, in all of this is... I mean, and the WWE really hasn't been giving us very much professional wrestling on their weekly television shows as it is. Mm-hmm. So if they're going to make everything for a reason, they're going to have to build those storylines. 
Now, are are yeah, are they work. going to allow more wrestling to happen and try to have the commentators build this story, or are they going to be doing more backstage segments or more extra crap we'll on the that. side we'll and that. taking away from the actual professional well, wrestling? You, you That's might, my fear right now. Yeah, you, you wait. And not to jump on this one, Carl, but real quick, though, uh, to your point about maybe less in-ring action, and I want to phrase it that way, in-ring action, that might be the old school thought of going back to the Rockin' Era, the Hogan days, where, okay, now we need you to pay to see the wrestling, because they're going to need to drive people back to these live events any way that they possibly can. So maybe they're going to you know, employ that kind of philosophy in there. Uh, but when you continue to say actual pro wrestling, I, I completely disagree with you there is you you're talking about the in-ring the bell to bell but to me pro wrestling it starts very simple it's very base you build personas you get people that you have individuals talents that are relatable to your audience then you build a storyline you have feuds and programs you're building that heat you're getting people emotionally invested then you go into the ring execute there and you pay it off without those three steps you're watching a floor routine. Now, granted, I, I will say, you, you say someone, if you like that high impact, that over-the-top style, Ricochet, AJ Styles, just seeing that, great. But what they've already done with those two individuals is they've got you to invest in those personas. Then they kind of figure out we need something kind of to put a little spice into this thing. So maybe for an individual like me, that I, I know they're both tremendous athletes, but I, I'm not really into the dot, 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 dive style. Yeah, I, I like my characters. I, I like my traditional wrestling. So so they're thinking, okay, we're going to put some stakes onto this thing. Maybe the money in the bank qualifier will entice that other viewer here a little bit. So you still have those things in place here. A good point. Yeah, a good, it's yeah, good points for yeah. sure. Yeah. And, and I mean, the, the, this is uh, like all of our first three topics on my list here. They all kind of just blend together at this point because we've already I, thought I was going to say it when I jumped ahead, but they all kind of work it, together. It's so all woven well. together, and I'm glad that it's working out this way because I mean, I literally, the next topic I have on my list is: Do storylines really matter in professional wrestling? And you know, they they really really do uh, because, like Rick had just said, it, it it helps to kind of build their personas. I mean, I one of my favorites that I always like to fall back onto. Two of my favorites, like from my heyday of watching, Jake and uh, Million Dollar Man. Those are two guys that you know like that's the thing that frustrates me at this company you have all this great you have the wwe network with all your back catalog of stuff that you're done like even if those people aren't there anymore you have all that precedence that's been set there you 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 guys can watch your own content and be like hey remember when we used to do that and it was awesome why can't we do that again all, 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 yeah. it just it, it, it's like it's just like it's it makes me want to pull I, I the little wish. bit of hair that I have left out because it's so frustrating <laughs> because like it's not like this is a foreign concept to these guys. It's all especially right with the three hour show. I huh. almost wish you know to promote their own you know their networks or wherever <clears throat> you're getting their stream at. I wish they would take a moment on that's especially the three hour raw and give us a, in, into the vault in a flashback. But realizing that. They probably don't want to expose how bad their current product is by giving us a million dollar in Jake match or something right? like that. Right? And, and, yeah, and, I, I'll go ahead, Carl. And and it's it's I'm so torn too because you know I like storylines and I like vignettes and interviews and that kind of stuff, you know. But as of late, you know, I watch a lot more New Japan Pro Wrestling where 
yeah, we still have some storylines and, you know, some vignettes and interviews and stuff to a certain some. extent. You know, we do we do have some, but the majority of the storytelling in the Japan style is done in the ring with in-ring psychology. And it's all as the match is kind of unfolding. You know, typically that's how that, that kind of works, you know, and I really like that style too. But at the same time too, sometimes it can be a little like lackluster because there wasn't a ton of development beforehand to get invested and whatnot. So like you do need to kind of ride that kind of middle of having all of that and still have the in-ring wrestling. It's like a constant push and pull for me because I'm a fan of both aspects, but just sometimes the two don't mix well together. But then again, too, if you just stay too much on the other one side, then it doesn't work either, right? So it's, it's tricky, man. It's tricky. I think specifically when it comes to WWE, they've kind of... I'm not going to say brainwashed, but they've kind of, if you're a WWE fan, you've kind of become accustomed to like the stories being eh, for like, it's what seems like literally for, and they still, and it makes you almost, whenever they do have a good story, like the Roman stuff, I think is good right now. It's really good. It frustrates the hell out of me because how can you do that? But then you do 90% of the other stuff you do. How, how, Where's the person writing that? Why are they not writing other things that like, you know what I mean? Like it's frustrating because you know, they have it in them, you know, they do. And it's just laziness, whether it's on Vince or the creative, I don't know, but it's laziness. And a, a, a think, lot of Roman, you know, is I, I think Heyman probably right. I think a lot of Roman, a lot of Roman is because Roman has the cojones to stand up for exactly. his own business. And you nailed it right there. Who's the gentleman standing next to yeah, Roman? Exactly. Yeah, uh, they, yeah. They, you talk about anyone that knows how to manipulate that system, play the game, get what they want. It's going to be him. And, and Roman actually has the balls to say veto things. Or I, I don't, you know, I don't think yeah. that's and best I, for the character here. And I think it's people I've talked to that talk to those inside there on a regular basis. You don't have that across the board. Yeah. And a lot of people are just happy go lucky to be there. They created the system through where it's a cookie cutter. It's your dream job. You get there. And, and that's a part of it, too. They're not allowing these personas to shine. You've mm-hmm. seen some of these people elsewhere when you've got to look into who they could be. And we're not getting any of that when it comes to WWE. Yeah. And I, I think in, you're right. In, when WWE is in, in a certain direction, when they're in a certain mindset, it trickles down and around professional wrestling. When mm-hmm. we're talking about storylines and introducing personas, it drives me crazy when you see like these indie shows these spot shows that don't put, try to put any time and investment into getting those personas and some kind of storylines over. I know it's so difficult to go up and down the card to have you know storylines for everyone, but if you can have a few driving factors instead of the, you know, the dream match marquees that you see that so many independents do. What we do with ours, we realize a lot of independents they act they act they like to act like they're in their own WWE universe. They're inside their own bubble. I'm not so blind and naive to that. I will play off what other independents around my area are doing. Or if I book somebody, what are you doing at that other big independent? Is, is there a feud going on there that I can get involved here to draw eyes from that fan base? And people know there's real heat going on between these guys when they're coming to work for us. And I think part of the big problem too, and I, I liken it very much to like working for like a big corporation, which I mean, I, I've done in a few different capacities where it, you, you, you have that big person in charge you know, and then that message gets passed off to like an assistant manager, and then that gets passed off to like a like a lead, and then that goes to like a department manager, and then that goes to like a, a floor supervisor. And by the time that gets down to the employee doing the actual work, the, the disconnect is so 
direct, then sometimes what will happen is that that very first person that, that had the idea or the, the task to do comes along and they're like, what the hell is this? Because it's gotten so convoluted as it's gone down the, the down the chain by the time. It's like when you play telephone as, as a kid where yeah, by the time the, 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 the 20th kid gets game. the message, it's completely different. Right, so that that again, I think is, is part of the problem is that we have too many moving parts and too many people, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen. I think is the I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that we just need to get back to just basics, to just professional wrestling with with storylines. It, it it doesn't have to be difficult, but I mean, like we've just we've made it difficult over the years. I think is what's happened. Is that an accurate statement? You guys, you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think it. Yeah. Carl, well, I kind of, I, I kind of want to throw out to you guys too. As we're talking about storylines and we're talking about emotion and and maybe personas, uh, Carl, kick it over to you on this, but you can, you can get it going. How do you feel about professional wrestling pushing buttons with real societal issues? Do it. We don't yeah. talk talk politics. Uh, you know, it's it's Pride Month. Bring that up somehow. You know, yeah. Get some heat on it and have and have have a payoff where people feel good about it, where they feel comfortable with it. I mean, we've got yep. politics everywhere that's that, that rights pro wrestling itself. Now we can just throw some some actual right. violence into it. Well, there's already plenty of actual violence <laughs> right. in it, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean you could, there's plenty of that to play to. There definitely is. I mean, why, why would you not do that? You turn on your television, you turn on the news, what are you seeing? Everything's political. Yeah. Or you're getting um Oh, disclosure might may be happening. Disclosure is close with UFO. Why are we not doing anything similar to that on wrestling programming? It it boggles my mind that you would not take what's happening in pop culture. We we can call it that. You call it pop culture. Um in on television today and using that. I I you know it's like they're so afraid, though, in the PC world to kind of ruffle any feathers when you could have some incredible that's content. Other, that's the that's, other that's issue. That's it. Right? I was I was just going to say, like, it goes back to the Attitude Era. That's what they were doing. They were taking sh- stuff from pop culture. They were taking stuff from all over the place and going, we're going to use that, too, because if those people over there like it, they're going to like it here, too. And we're going to let's all just share together. How about that? Let's just share. Right. It, I, I I think definitely they need to. They they need to start taking some of that stuff and and and. I mean, why not? Why not? That's what people are watching. And you want people to watch your product? Incorporate just a little bit of that to gain a little bit of interest. I have the solution to the problem. I have the solution to the problem. I'm hoping that this weaves into the the next topic on the list. I have the solution to the problem in his one man. The gang? One man gang? Brock Lesnar. Brock Brock Lesnar. Specifically when it comes to WWE. That's probably what Vince thinks. Brock Lesnar. Is this company better off right now? Like SummerSlam comes along, Brock comes back. Is he the savior? Okay. I'm not going to. All right. So I don't think Brock is the savior. And I know the way that you presented the question to us, like in the pre stuff was, does Brock, does Brock need wrestling and does wrestling need Brock? Yes. I think the answer is no to both of those questions. Okay. However, as a wrestling fan, Wrestling is 100% better when Brock Lesnar is involved. And that is my opinion. I know not everyone shares it. That guy is money no matter where they put him. I want to see it. I want to see him in Lashley at SummerSlam. Give it to me. That's what I want. Yeah. And you know, they, again, could it be a, a newer talent, a younger guy? Yes. And I would be perfectly okay with that too. But if Brock Lesnar wants to come wrestle, 
WWE would be foolish not to want him involved in right. what they're doing. That guy is yeah. still probably their biggest draw. Now, without question. Cena's close, probably. But Lesnar and Cena yeah. are they're still their two biggest draws. And again, that goes into the problem, a lot of problems we can talk about, you know, with WWE. But those two guys are sadly their two biggest draws yeah. still. Now you know? the recent New Japan fan of me would say, you know, I'd like to see Brock maybe go over and have a match with Shingo, or if Okada can get the, the title off him, maybe Okada. I think those could be a couple money matches there. But again, you know, I think that the interesting part of this discussion, I'll throw this over to you, Carl. Uh, does Brock Lesnar need professional wrestling? Because, I mean, at this point, what has Brock not done in professional wrestling? And that list is very, very short. Brock has done pretty much all there is that can be done. You know, with the maybe... But maybe he hasn't wrestled in South America or Africa at this point, you know, but I mean, he's wrestled all over the place other than maybe in those places, you know, could he maybe just want to maybe dabble back at MMA or, or might he just be perfectly content with his millions of dollars hunting up here in Canada and Saskatchewan at this point? Because that think. is a real possibility. I, dude might just want to just like, hey, I'm cool just shooting deer in Saskatchewan. Yeah, I, I mean... Does Brock Lesnar need professional wrestling? No. No, he doesn't. It, it, it's a passion. It's a drive. It's a love. It's it's something that you that, that that you yearn for. You sit there and it itches like a scab going, get back in the ring, get back in the <laughs> ring, get back in the ring, get back in the ring. That is probably but the only thing that I could see is, is that Brock is maybe sitting there going, hmm, hmm I, yeah, hmm, hmm, I, yeah, 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 right? Does professional wrestling need Brock Lesnar? No, it really doesn't. I mean, there, there are so many other people that you could bring up and elevate to that type of a level. Uh, 100% there is. It's going to take a shit ton of time, definitely, <laughs> but it, it can happen. It definitely can. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, no, and no, and no, and no. Now, let me throw this Rick's way, but let me refine the question just a, just a tad. Does the WWE need Brock Lesnar right now? Because I think then the answer could possibly turn into yes at this point. Well, I think, you know, the, the biggest issue, and Carl's talking about trying to build new stars. What has this company done to give us any faith that they're able to do that? And to get someone to Brock's level, Carl, you're exactly right. Uh, you know, you don't have all the makings of a guy that could go to the NFL, almost get onto the team, who goes, crosses over to UFC, and grabs their heavyweight championship. That's all made in, built in for you. WWE didn't make Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar made WWE and then came back and said, does Brock Lesnar want to come back? How much more money does Brock Lesnar need? That's the question there. Now, if you're WWE and you really want that superstar, what I'm doing here with Brock Lesnar is you're going to have to fork up on this damn thing. You get him out on television and you go back to that philosophy we were talking about of see the star like you used to see Hogan on television. Now you got to go to a live event. He's going to be on this part of the tour. Now, what they're going to have to pay is Brock might come back and realize he is their draw. He's going to win over whatever market you put him in. He might ask for 70% of the house. <laughs> so, I mean, you're yeah. going to have to weigh those yeah. options. Is the is the return on investment worth it? I think if you're WWE, you need him. I could be persuaded in a conversation if he – because we got conflicting reports from whatever, what site you go to right now. Are they in talks? 
they're this close. They're planning this. They're not in talks, whatever case might be. To me, I, I still lean, I'd say strongly towards you got to save him and Lashley for WrestleMania, Dallas Stadium, Ooh. 120. You go yeah. out there and sell that yeah. thing as an MMA. You, you let people really believe this is going to be a shoot. And it really becomes about that. But if you really feel, and I could see, okay, now how that, but how the hell do we get there? What do we do till then? Uh, I maybe Cena, you know, that he, he said he's ready to go. Uh, he, he can come yeah. back at any time. That's it. Our rumblings, he might go to SmackDown. I, I think you need him more for Lashley. I don't think the appeal with either a him and Roman or anyone else over there is – I think it's a little bit there. People might be a little off because we've seen it so recently. But he is that star. And he and for us in the bubble, sometimes that's a little hard to swallow. But for those that are on the outside, and especially now that he is in these major movies, hopefully they'll come back a little bit with Cena there. Because that's the interesting thing, and you just hinted at it there with with Cena, with him being in the movies. What I find really interesting with somebody the with Brock and, and like the stature of him. I mean, and you look at almost every other WWE star who's gotten to that level, be your your Hulk Hogan's, your John Cena's, and whatnot. You know, they've made that transition over into doing a lot of stuff with movies. You haven't seen Brock Lesnar do any of that, you know, outside of wrestling and MMA. I mean, he's a very, very private individual. As I stated, he just likes to live up here in Canada now and and go hunting. That's that's Brock Lesnar. I I, I really can't even envision Brock in any kind of movies, even if it is just you know the. It's something to consider. Is like at this point is money even the driving force anymore or is it just that like at Carl oh, it is it is the driving forces so yeah. he can sustain a life that he wants when yeah. you go even it's why Stone Cold talked about you know why he likes doing the podcast thing he likes his reality shows a little bit better but yeah. he hated movies because I mean hell you could be there for eight hours shooting a, a 10 minute scene yeah and you're in your trailer you're waiting it's Stone Cold said in wrestling boom you know when your match was on you went out and did it and, the, and it was on you and the rest of the time you know, you had to be in the, in the building at certain times, but you took care of yourself. And it wasn't as that demanding schedule. That's why Stone Cold said he hated the movies. Be, just because of that. Yeah. It, what do you think? Rock's going to hate. He's going to be sitting there being told what to do by these little pipsqueaks. And he's sitting yeah. in this trailer all day. No, he yeah. wants to be up there yeah. on the farm, man. Yeah. yeah, for sure. He wants to be the one telling the pipsqueaks what to do. Not the other way around. Exactly. Right. Yeah, so, 100%. For sure. All right. Well, you know, before we get to our breaking news and match of the week and show start first segment and all that. I figured we touched briefly maybe on Hell in a Cell here. I don't, I don't want to go too kind of crazy with this. Uh, we'll just kind of go around and, and you guys can just give some thoughts and some highlights for, for myself right off the hop. I mean, other than Bianca and uh, and Bailey, there wasn't a whole much that interested me in the show. And I, and I thought it was kind of interesting that they that they kind of started with that uh, with, with that match, and then they, they kind of like bookended sort of, kind of with the, the show. Oh, just they always they always bookend the gimmicks. It, uh, but you know, for me, outside of Bailey and uh, and Bianca, the rest of the show didn't do much for me. But again, Why? your results may vary. I just well, uh, I was gonna say, what what was it that stood out for? I mean, just I don't know. Like it did just uh, for me. I would have liked Sam, Sammy. I like Sammy and Kevin, but I thought, you know, if anything, that could have been a blow off, and I think maybe that one should have been done in the in the cell. You know, I've always been a proponent too that the, like if you're gonna do that, instead of lifting the cell up and down all night long, just leave the cell up and have every match in the cell. Too, I, I've I've always kind of pitched for that, that idea, but uh, I don't know, man. Just it, it's one of these things too, and I think a big factor too. And Rick had really hinted at this before the show. Maybe it's just the fact that it's so late and it just it feels like it drags on. 
I think that's, yeah, that's a big factor I'll, as well. You know, being somebody that, uh, you know, works a, a day shift now in my Mark job, coming home and then watching like three, four hours of wrestling. Well, maybe not four hours. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough sometimes. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I think, um, I thought it was an all right show. Nothing, nothing big happened. There were no title changes, nothing. So like it, it, it it didn't seem like there were a ton of like big moments in the yeah. show, but I thought like I really liked. I didn't like the finish, but I liked Cesaro and Rollins again. I thought they did really well, yeah. as you would expect those two guys to do. I really wish they just would have had Cesaro win instead of giving Seth a win when you know you, he doesn't really need one. Yeah. I think, and I I agree. I, I did like Kevin and Sammy, but I thought the best match of the night was Bianca and Bailey as well. I thought yeah. that was a killer. Yeah. Hell in a Cell match and the killer opening match. Uh, I guess it just kind of felt like things didn't advance much for there for myself. And I, I think that's what it was. There was yeah. no storyline progression. There yeah. were no big moments, no title changes, no surprises, yeah. no. It was just like, all right, there's some good matches, but nothing really major is going to happen. Like, well, you could have completely missed that show and not missed a beat. And you also, know what I mean? is this not the last pay per view in the, in the Thunderdome Thunder as well? Dome. So yes, it was. It, I think it'll be really telling before we get to, to uh, Rick and uh, and Carl with their opinions on this. I think it will be really telling, you know, with the current state of the product and how just fans in general kind of feel. Like once we actually get back on a regular basis in front of fans, instead of this artificial facade that we've been putting up with the artificial boos and the cheers and fans just on screens, I think it'll be really telling, you know, just how everybody feels about the talent you know, once we actually get back running on the regular. It'll be interesting. What, what did you think on Hell in the Cell, Carl? I didn't watch it. RBV, <laughs> over to you. Hey, 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 that, that's, hey, that might be the best review you're going to get of Hell in the Cell. The best piece of advice for WWE programming coming from Carl over there. Honesty. I love honesty. Uh, I, I, you're right. You know, the late run there. I Actually, I missed the 7 o'clock start times now. Uh, get in there at 7. Had me, yeah. me out by 10. Uh, I, I look forward to it. You know, Eastern, I absolutely <laughs> love that. Uh, to me, it was all around, you know, what were, were there were no really payoffs. What was enticing to to hook us to come back for Monday Night Raw to look forward to SmackDown? Hell, the, the best Hell in a Cell match didn't even happen at Hell in a Cell this weekend on Friday night yeah. on SmackDown yeah. when they yeah. lose Roman and Ray. And now, uh, apparently through the Stooge report, uh, they simply move that as a yeah, shot at AEW. They they found out that the cage match, the MMA style fight was going on first. They knew the finish. If anybody paid attention, they were the same finishes. And Romans looked a hell of a lot more vicious and that and Roman and Ray was a lot better than than Hager and Wardlow. I was gonna say I don't know yeah. what that is. <laughs> that was that was a bit of an audio glitch of mine in there. Sorry guys. Oh, um there we okay. are. So is it still on her? No, you're good. Okay, uh, so into the show itself. I, you guys like that opening match there? I don't even know why it was in a cell. I, I thought it was pretty sloppy, barely, barely, really unprofessional having an exchange there with with uh, Michael Cole during a Hell in a Cell where you're in the most vicious, you know, gimmick of your life. Yeah. Your focus should be right there. Uh, that completely unprofessional to me. Match of the night to me, very. It was Kevin and and Sammy. Uh, they've been there a hundred times, but the storytelling was magnificent. That he's selling that. Somalian spike job from Friday night, and he's coughing. He can't get his breath. He can't hold his cardio together. We don't even see the commander in Apollo, and they're still telling that story. Uh, what the hell was up with the Raw Women's Championship? 
you have your baby face yeah, champion getting intentionally DQ'd. Yeah. And what the hell is using the table DQ? They use it every yeah, match. That, I had an issue <laughs> with that. So you, can, you can drive your yeah. opponents through the table all the time, and it's not a DQ. But if you take the top part off the table, I, I guess that's it. If you and hit it with them, that's yes. a DQ. If you start to unassemble the table, <laughs> there you go. But yeah, bizarre. Uh, and then bizarre. you know, and I I liked the main event. I thought it was vicious. It was hard hitting, which it felt like a main event. They looked like superstars. Uh, and then we get the third roll up of the night. Yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, the Lashley and McIntyre. That was a hell of a match. Too. That was really good. But the ending was just and, so and, not. And J JPJ to to speak to Cesaro and Seth. I hope this isn't true, but there's a lot of reports floating around right now that they have kind of stalled on the Cesaro push yeah. for whatever yeah. reason. For what, like the That's, fourth time? As you know, it's just like it's it's frustrating. And and you know, we you can go back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode. It's just frustrating when they fans like us or fans in general, like there's a reason why Cesaro's worked there for 10, 12 years, and we always cheer for him when he comes out because we like him and he's good and we all know he's a really good wrestler and he's a good guy and you know, and it's just start and stop, start and stop, start and stop. And it's like, man, like push the guys we like, yeah. please. Like we were so happy he was finally getting a push and it was like, oh, this is awesome. And he had that great title match with Roman, great title match with Roman. Now is nothing. It, it sounds like they just went backwards. They knew they were going to get that from him, so they moved him in that spot. So it sounds like they're maybe going to keep him in that hot and cold when we need someone to fill in sort of deal, which yeah. to me is a mistake. Like you said, listen to your consumer yeah. and, and find a way to make it work. We know Cesaro, is he's not really thought of highly on the promo. Give him a mouthpiece. Give him a hot chick. Give him something. Yep. And let him go out there. Yeah you know, bell to bell and do what he does. You know, mm -hmm. and then you get, you know, Lashley and Drew McIntyre, which should be an absolutely fantastic match. But seemingly the only things that I'm seeing standing out on social media and sites are, what was that mystery hand poking from underneath the ring when <laughs> Drew McIntyre was on the outside? Like, Mark, it's hey, like... you got all these second, third generation wrestlers like, debuting. Mark Henry's son, finally <laughs> debuting. Hey, it's not like, hey, what, uh, look at that great match. It's like, what was that hand poking from under the ring? It's like... Oh my God, how bad production was that? Oh my God, just don't show the camera angle right unbelievable oh. you know they did i guess people are saying it was a crash pad and then that guy was putting the broken table Probably. from under the ring out to make it look like he went through the table <laughs> show it afterwards right cut to cut to lashley in the ring celebrating or something for a second yeah. it's like when Jeez. lashley stomped on riddle's foot you know they pointed the camera oh, at his feet. Like a foot and a half <laughs> well you know what they oh. should do now now they know what's out there and people are having fun with it yeah. they need to find a way to work that in the right? role tonight right uh, Embrace just, the comedy. Even if it's in jest. Make, when you make fun of yourself, people are going to have a good time watching the show. That is a really, yep. really good point. I like that. Uh, hey, WW, if you steal our idea, we want credit for it. And you can <laughs> you can, uh, you can, you know, specifically name uh, RBV because that was his idea. Well, I say, you know, unfortunately, he was in Cleveland this past weekend and announced uh, back surgery is going to probably end his in-ring career. Mm. But, I mean, how great would somehow if tonight you had Hornswoggle come out from under that ring, you know, that he's been under there the whole time or something. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, before we get to our breaking news of match of the week, I think we'll take a little bit of a break here and hear from our friends over at CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Wrestling. <laughs> A love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand. The wrestling brand. 
a brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Dictionary defines hero as a person who is admired or idealized for courage, outstanding achievements, or noble qualities. Being a hero in life is far more than words printed on a page. It takes an unwavering code, a compass that points true north always. And in times like these, it takes sacrifice. Hero shouldn't be a word defined by a dictionary. It's a word that should be defined by the best of us. Hero has a new definition. All right, guys, Mighty Joe and Carl Carafel and RBV and Mr. JPJ back here on Termical Talk. And as you just heard from our friends over at Collar and ElbowBrand.com, if you use our promo code JKPodcast at the checkout, you will get 10% off your entire order. That is a pretty good deal. That's a fantastic deal. I mean, as always, I'm wearing my Collar and Elbow branded hat. So, I mean, this hat is still available on their website. And if you do wear a hat, they've got a bunch of different ones over there. Great t-shirts over there. They've got women's. They've got men's stuff. They've got shorts. They've got lounge pants. They've they got a little bit of everything that you, you could think of over there. So go and check them out at CollarAndElbowBrand.com and make sure that promo code JK Podcast is put in for your 10% off. Absolutely. All right, guys, let us get to breaking news. All right, so for our breaking news segment, outside of the mystery hand from Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley, which seems to be making all the headlines for very strange reasons, I guess another interesting one coming out of Hell in a Cell is Kevin Owens looks like he will be taking some time away uh, from wrestling for a little while. Bit of an interesting move here. I, I think it could be interesting to see. I think that, uh, you know, him and Sammy have done so much together that I think this time off could be good. You know, sometimes, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Maybe they could come back and you'd be like, hey, you know what? We've been screwing around with each other long enough. Maybe we should be a team or now or, you know, something interesting will happen hopefully coming out of this. So let me throw this your way, uh, RBV. What do you think about Mr. Kevin Owens taking time off in uh, – with the greater uh, picture might be here. I, I actually, this, I think this adds to the praise that, that I was, you know, shining on the match itself, that you're doing good biz on the way out. You're telling a story that now they're, they're further. Sammy gets a much needed win on the Hell in a Cell stage. And, and you're also now you're helping out your intercontinental champion. You're helping out his side piece there. I, I think this is great. As you said, uh, the heart, you know, grows fonder, you know, during a period of absence. Now let's see further how they do this thing. I, I want to see him take another shot to the throat this week and it's causing major issues. He has to go have surgery. Uh, is he going to be okay when he comes back? I'd love to see it. Kevin, go out there, drop a bunch of LBs while you're away, get <laughs> into jail, work your ass off and say that it affected even how you, you could eat your, your, your nutrition. You could tell this incredible story here. Yeah. It, even whenever we talk about throat before hearing this news, 
you know, what's, you know, what people really look forward to one of Kevin's strongest points, and he's a tremendous talent, but he's great on that microphone. And if you could take that away from him, that's an ultimate heel move. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. What do you, what do you think, uh, Joe? Yeah. I mean, Kevin Owens, personally, my favorite person under the WWE umbrella, my favorite, I love him. Uh, either way, heel face doesn't matter. That guy, like RBV said, is super talented. Like, just he has been given good things by WWE and a lot of bad things by WWE, and he has knocked them all out of the park. Yeah. He is good. Give him whatever, and he makes it work. That's how good he is. Uh, and he's a chubby guy, and I'm a chubby guy, so I happen <laughs> to root for the chubby guys. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a good idea. What uh, RBV said about. I don't know if he's leaving immediately right after that match last night, then obviously not. But if he's around maybe for a couple weeks, you know, before he leaves, why not? Why not get somebody, whether it's Sammy again, or if it is Apollo and the sidekick there, General Aziz, Commander Aziz, I'm sorry. The commander. Um, <laughs> whether it's them getting them over again, that's a great story. And if he needs to go home, I don't know if he's injured or just taking time off. I don't know the context. This is brand new news to me. Yeah. Um, go home, heal up. And then come. I feel like he genuine, gen, genuinely can be a top babyface star in this company when there are crowds there. Hundred percent. He seems like a guy that every he you could do the family man thing. It seems genuine with him because I think it is genuine with him. Yeah. He looks like you know he looks like he could destroy you, but he also looks like somewhat of a normal person, which I think helps when you want a babyface. Like oh, this guy kind of looks like me. Except well, he's, he's much more tolerant and destroyed that hangs out at the dive bar down the street. Yeah, that exactly. Like that. With. Yeah. Like not everybody needs to be like the cut up chiseled muscle guy. Like you can have guys that just look like regular dudes, but will beat your ass when it comes down to yeah. it. Anytime that I've seen somebody get ruined in a bar, the guy hasn't always been a muscle head. The guy has yeah. been a regular dude who just got angry and destroyed someone. You know what I mean? So like he's a genuine baby face. People will root for him. He's doing the stunner for crying out loud. Like he got that homage from Stone Cold. Like that guy could be a top of the card main event world champion for any brand they want. So take some time away. Get people like, you know, going away. makes you grow fonder, you know, let that happen. And then when he comes back in front of people, huge ovation and put that guy at the top of the card because that's where he should be. That was another, you, had some, uh, you had some amazing stuff right there, but you had a million-dollar idea. New Kevin Owens T-shirt. Instead of a, I'm a Paul Heyman guy, Kevin Owens T-shirts, I'm a chubby guy. There you go. Hey, so I'd, buy one. I'd buy it. As another chubby Canadian, I definitely share those sentiments. <laughs> what about you, Carl? What, what do you do with uh, Kevin Owens uh, during his absence, and then uh, what do you do when he inevitably comes back? If inevitably he is coming back, I think we follow him at home. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just follow him at home, like 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 has already been kind of brought out. What's his his diet plan going to be? What's his meals going to be? What's what's happening at home? How's his how's his home life? What's happening with the family? Let's see him taking his kids out for ice cream or something, and and kind of build up that whole family man type of person that everyone can kind of get behind, and they're going to be like, "Hey, I take my kids for ice cream. This guy's taking his kids for ice cream. Ooh, I like him." Right. Like it's, 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 it's easy enough to do that. I mean, just kind of show who he is. I, I, I think, think I'd go in the opposite direction. Cause we know those things about him. I would say that the injury, especially to get over the commander and, and Cruz, that those are taken away from him because of this injury. 
Mm. He didn't get to go to the ballet or go to his son's, you know, whatever the case might be. I don't know how many kids he has, I think two, but, and they're pretty young, but he's missing out on those things and have him use social media to drive that Mm. in a realistic way where it's not, you know, overly produced vignettes right off the bat. Have it where it feels organic and maybe it sends him into a dark place. That gets the ultimate sympathy on him and the heat on those heels. Yeah, or you do like a instead of going the baby face angle, you go the heel thing. You still do yep. that, you know. But you're at the you're at the ice cream shop, and you even have Kevin's kid. Oh, there's another kid with ice cream, and you have him like knock the other kids. I just have like oh, the whole family tur- have the whole family turn heel. That'd be, that'd be cool too. I enjoy <laughs> the whole that. Family get turns heel. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, you know, he he's a great heel too. So he'd oh, be yeah. able to kill it either way. For sure. You know, that's the great thing with him. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Any other breaking you know news? What Kevin Owens needs to do though, Doctor Pepper break. He does. He definitely <laughs> needs to make sure that he's drinking some of that non-sponsored Dr. Pepper. Carl's a pepper. KO's a pepper. You could be a pepper, too. <laughs> Absolutely. You got any breaking news you want to cover, Carl? I think the only thing that I want to talk about is um, New Japan Pro Wrestling advertising John Moxley for August 14th when they return to the United States in front of a live crowd with resurgence taking place in Los Angeles, California. Nice. This, this just goes to how great New Japan Pro Wrestling is and making sure that their fans know and understand what's happening and what's going on and drawing those people in because obviously John Moxley is the uh, IWGP United States Champion. So you want to advertise that and make sure that the people know that, yes, he is going to be at this show. So then people are going to be like, hell yeah, I want to go to this show now so that I can see John Moxley. Great on them, and I love that New Japan is is coming back uh, and running shows with crowd in America. Awesome, August fourteenth. Yeah, I have a lot of high hopes for for Strong and New Japan in America. You know, being a New Japan mark now, I have I really hope that they can be another really strong North American brand. You know, time will tell. You know, if they run specifically on the West Coast, we'll see how it takes. I know over in JPJ's neck of the woods, New York and whatnot, there are a lot of New Japan Pro Wrestling fans, which I'll, I will hint and get to that in a little bit in our next segment here. But yeah, we're really curious to see how, how that does because uh, um, there's a there's potential for some really cool stuff there. I'll just put it that well, way. I think it's smart you know, if they can even incorporate some more shows there on that West Coast swing because it seems like the other big boys, WWE, they're kind of they're not going as far. Uh, I know they're kind of dipping their toe out there for like SummerSlam and all that, but they're staying more central east. And you had yep. AEW running, you know, kind of that up and down the eastern shore. Uh, the West fans, they're gonna they're gonna be hungry for those live events as well. So I mean, if, if there's a good market for it, it's oh, yeah. it's got the, the almost kind of feel like the territory days almost a little bit. It's like we're we're over here and over there and over there. It's it's interesting. It's interesting. All right, guys, let us get to our match of the week. All right, so for the Match of the Week segment, I will first throw it over to our friend, Mr. JPJ. What was your favorite professional wrestling match this past week? Yes, mine was, there were a couple contenders, uh, but mine was the main event of NXT, Tornado Tag Match, Thatcher and Ciampa versus the Grizzled Young Mm. Veterans. Uh, It's like 15, 18 minutes. They beat the absolute (laughs) crap out of each other. And I love the tornado. It's a match that they don't do enough. A tornado tag. No tags. All four dudes in the ring. Chaos. 
Oh my God. It was awesome. If you did not see that match, please take 20 minutes and go see it. It was as good a tag match that has been on regular television in a while. And we usually see a good amount of them, but it was so, so good. So good. You know what? You just sold me on that. I just made a note and I will be watching that RBD, after throw it over to you. Well, I'm going to go uh, show a little love for a great sponsor here and uh, mention something from Ohio Valley Wrestling. Uh, one of my favorite talents, Ari Alexander. Uh, she was up against uh, who was this week that she had uh, uh, Lilith Grimm, who is a uh, quite a menacing figure in women's <laughs> wrestling. Uh, two completely different styles. The, the hippie love of Miss Ari Alexander. I've uh, really enjoyed the matchup. You can check her out quite often. Uh, she's become uh, a regular there at OVW. Lilith is amazing. I, I like like just that whole like dark gothic like type of demon looking care. Like I, I I love it. I I absolutely love it. Yeah. And uh, before Carl gives his pick, I'm going to go last here. Uh, I will just point out, Rick, that I think that is actually the first time on Turnbuckle Talk that you actually picked an actual match for match league because you usually come completely all left field with something completely I know, different. I was going to give you a swerve, man. I'm <laughs> swerving you today. Good job. I actually, came, Good job. I actually didn't forget that part of the run. I usually get so excited <laughs> about something else. I forget about the match of the week. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, what do you got, Carl? So my match of the week that I saw this week is coming from impact wrestling. We're looking madman Fulton versus Josh Alexander in a non-title match. Um, absolutely amazing. You got Josh Alexander coming out there looking legitimately beat up like black eye, swollen face and still giving hell inside that ring with madman Fulton. Yeah. It was great to see. Uh, I mean, Yeah. I don't know. I, I can't say enough about Josh Alexander, to be honest with you. That that guy has been just making waves in impact and has been absolutely fantastic over the last year, year and a half. And I'm excited to see more from, from him. You know, all around, impact itself has been tremendous. Uh, last year or so, uh, not getting the love that it needs. And I, I don't think they necessarily needed that little bit of rub from AEW. I don't think they're, benefit, they're, they're good enough inside their own house. No, absolutely. Yeah, I, I've been saying that for the last 19 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as Mighty Joe for the last, uh, you know, six years that we've been doing this has been like, oh, oh, T T N A, they're they're going to shut down. Oh, Impact, they're done. They're they're going to be gone within six months. Yep. No, they keep no, proving me wrong. No, they keep proving me wrong, and and uh, props to them. Uh, definitely want to uh, for, for a variety across the board. Uh, you talk about storytelling and all that. That they're probably doing the best in the biz right now. Yeah, it's definitely a fair yeah. statement. Uh, for myself, I will be killing two birds with one stone with my pick here because my favorite match of this past week will also be this coming week's Turnbuckle Rewind match. We're going back to 2019 at the G1 Supercard Show at Madison Square Garden. The Honor Rumble to kick off that show is my favorite match for this past week. And kind of doing the research for Turnbuckle Rewind for this week, I, I watched that probably about three or four times. And just some absolutely incredible things that they did. They had some really nice surprises. Uh, you know, a nice mix of Ring of Honor New Japan talent. Uh, we even got to see, you know, Minoru Suzuki come out second after, uh, you know, uh, Kenny King specifically wanted to be number one. And then Suzuki came out second. He immediately regretted being the first guy to come out. You know, we even saw, you know, the great Muda make a very, very big surprise appearance at that show in that match. So yeah, that was my favorite. And I'm looking forward to breaking that down with Carl. But we will not be alone in that show. 
RBV's cohort, Mr. Michael Jargo, will be joining us on that episode to break that down because he is our resident New Japan expert. That is going to be a fantastic time. When you go to the Far East, you got to call Jargo. Absolutely. My thoughts exactly. Hey, and while we're at it here, hey, Will Ospreay, we have got Jargo ready for you for your own podcast. The wrestling world needs yes. you, Will Ospreay. We need your voice right now. So over at the HMG, the Hami Media Group, we're ready to get you going. We got the platform. We got the producer. So just get back with us. Absolutely. All right. Let us wrap up the show here for this week, and let's get to our Showstopper segment. All right, so for our Showstopper segment, this week here we've been kind of focusing on storylines and professional wrestling, and I thought we would go around the table, so to speak here, and give our picks for best match, sorry, not best match, best storyline, and then we'll go around and pick our worst ones. Well, I think we'll start off on a positive note, and then maybe, or what do you guys, do you want to do the worst first, or do you want to, want to end on the positive note? End on the positive. Oh, yeah. Let's start. <laughs> let, let's start with the bad. Let's start with the shit oh, storylines. Let's start with JPJ. What do you think oh, was no. like the worst? Oh, no. I'm putting <laughs> no. you on the spot, brother. You're going to be on the spot. Oh, uh, wh- yeah. what, what do you think is the worst storyline that you've ever watched in professional wrestling? Ever, ever, ever. God, the Hogan Dungeon of Doom stuff in WCW <laughs> was pretty bad. Pretty bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'm, I think when he, when he first goes in the dungeon ah, of doom, specifically, it's not hot. Oh, it's not hot. The water, man, Classic. that is some of the Classic. worst. It's funny. Like Classic. I laugh at it now yeah. and I was 10 or so when that happened or something like that. So I was probably like, yeah, this rules, but no, it did not rule. It did not rule at all. <laughs> yeah. So I will, I will pick that. That was, uh. The fact that that was like 25, 30 years, whatever it is now, and it's the first thing that immediately popped into my brain, I'm, I think I'm going to stick with that. As well. I, I, <laughs> you think of all like the characters that they tried to come up the that Yeti. joined the dungeon of Doom. Oh, my and, word. The yeah. Yeti. But all of them. it wasn't all bad because it did give birth to one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, yeah. the Big Show. Yes, it did. So it wasn't yes. all bad. I always, I, when it comes to the Dungeon of Doom, I always feel bad for Kevin Sullivan, you know, one of the best bookers, the best minds in the business. Yeah. And he's so used to booking, you know, territory style, classic NWA, WCW style. <laughs> but here comes Hulkamania, and now we got to become a cartoon product. And he's trying <laughs> to come up with whatever they can throw at this damn thing. So he's giving it his best effort here. But, you know, times were changing. Yep. People were falling out of, you know, the the, the rock and wrestling cartoon era and yeah, it, no. it, it just didn't work. Not good. <laughs> it, not it good. <laughs> For sure. Carl, what is your opinion, or not your opinion, what, what, to you, what's what the worst? What is, Carl? You, you don't have opinions, you have facts. <laughs> yes. Factually speaking, what is the worst storyline of all time? For me, Barry Horowitz and Skip. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, just... Yeah. Absolutely meant nothing. Yeah. Did absolutely nothing for either one of them. Barry Horowitz, yay, gets his first win. Um, was he doing the push-ups? Pure right? And he shit. gave him a roll-up? He gave him a roll-up yeah. because he was doing push-ups? Getting yep. cocky? That's that's exactly what it was. Incredible. Yep. <laughs> yep. Did nothing oh, for man. either one of those two people. No. No. <laughs> nothing. Nope. So, yeah. Worst. Worst! All right. Carl, what is the worst program you were ever, ever personally booked in? Did you ever do any like totally cheesy stuff? You look back down, like, oh my god, I had to, I had to be a part of that. 
my my final match that I ever had. Um, I was put in the ring with this like six foot three, two hundred and fifty pound uh, ex convict, and I mean like it it, it was absolutely crap. It, it was nothing. It meant absolutely nothing. There was no. This little bit of a, hey, you're the baby face. You're the great Canadian. You're the extreme Canadian, Carl Carafel. And uh, yeah, we're just going to have this convict come out here and beat the hell out of you to kill anything that you... Like, what? What? It made absolutely no sense to me. It was the worst thing that I was ever a part of. And um, yeah, it ended up actually being my final match. What a way to go out. Right, man. Before I pass it over to RBV for for myself, I think probably one of the worst storylines that I can remember seeing was a storyline between Papa Shango and the Ultimate Warrior. Oh, uh, no, that's a good one. I mean, that you took somebody that had an incredible amount of momentum. You know, he was this indestructible superhero, literally, and he's susceptible to voodoo and starts spewing up whatever that was whatever that was like probably like single-handedly like derailed that whole character and any momentum you had in one fell swoop i mean to a certain extent i mean there were other factors obviously you know behind the scenes and whatnot but i mean like persona like tv like on screen wise that killed it i mean you literally took one of your most popular characters and you just cut them off at the head right so it's for me that makes it one of the worst and probably one of the biggest blunders of all time in wwe specifically all right big joe not lay down this is where i'll come with my swerve for one of your answers where i don't go directly at it here. i have a swerve for uh, my my favorite one by the way that okay. you guys are expecting inside of pro wrestling we can forgive a lot as fans because you know what it, it is cheesy it is over the top uh it's supposed to be kind of a lot of fun at times so you're right. When we start walking those lines of, you know, like mystic beings, it's a very touchy, you know, some people, we could always always say we didn't actually believe in the Undertaker antics, but we sure <laughs> as hell believed in, in Mark. We you believed in the man there so he could get away with that stuff. Yeah. Now, maybe in something like the Papa Shago thing, and you've heard, you know, him talk about how deep and dark he had to go into that character. It was a very spooky time for him, but you know, the execution, the, the production maybe wasn't quite there. We can forgive this. We can forgive the dungeon of doom, but inside of professional wrestling, I think maybe the, uh, it, and even when they, when they sample real life, when you're talking about maybe someone's alcoholism or marriage problems, things like that, I'm okay with that. But when they start toying with death in pro Ooh. wrestling, yeah. Uh, and I know, you know, when I had Hawk, I was okay with the alcoholism and stuff, but when I had him, you know, threatening to jump off the, the Jumbotron or something as stupid as, you know, Vince McMahon's limo blowing up and that comes back to bite him in the ass because of what really happened. And I think maybe one of the cheesiest was, was it right after WrestleMania 20 where you had referee Tim White? And they were like, oh, like yeah. weekly? he was doing like a suicide attempts weekly. Yes. Yeah. With oh. Josh Matthews, right? Was it Josh yeah. Matthews? Oh, yeah. And then you'd find oh. out the next week that he was unsuccessful. And Brutal. to <laughs> me, that's, that's pretty much oh. the line. Yeah, uh, you, you can do a lot of stuff. I remember that I'm not going to be offended by, but <laughs> that's what probably makes me feel uncomfortable. Like he, he that there was one like he, like he there had like a big like huge fan, and I guess he had. Oh run, yeah, like, this is the one. To it, like it. all the chunks come flying out, yeah, hit like Matthews in the face. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> he's like, what was he like? He oh, drank like a, a vial of mad cow disease or something. Yeah, like, like he's trying to do all these things. <laughs> that's not wise. What are you doing? That's yeah. not wise. 
Josh oh, Poyle. Oh, boy. Oh, Brutal. Boy. Absolutely Brutal. fantastic. In retrospect, yeah. it's Honorable mention it. would be The Fiend in the Hell in the Cell with Seth Rollins. That was and whatever bad. the hell that garbage was. Yeah, but I would definitely the, agree. The, the Fiend, as Jargo would say, The Fiend worked until the bell rang. Yeah. 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 Very well said. All right. So for from going from the bad to the, the best, let's go kind of reverse order. Let's start with you, Rick. Then I'll go me, Carl, and then we'll end off with Mr. JPJ. Rick, what's your, what do you think is the best storyline of all time? Well, uh, to me, the, the best, the greatest, the, the, the tip, the very tip of the mountain. And I think, I think I still carry it with me today. It's the reason that I absolutely despise you bastard Canadians. And it is the heart foundation in the world versus America. There you go. To me, there was nothing better. It is what it, it is what sparked the attitude era, what set off wrestling in a whole new direction to all new heights. And to see something like that, it was simply incredible. Uh, to me, it, it far exceeds anything of NWO DX that would come along, you know, Austin McMahon, right <laughs> there's where it started, and that was beyond hot. Very, very well said. You're welcome. <laughs> hey, Thanks. Hey, when, when, I, when, I, when I'm up north, I live on Lake Erie, and every morning when I'm up north, I open my blinds and I just flick off Canada. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, for myself, for myself. Now, for those who have been watching and listening to Turnbuckle Talk all these years, know that I've been very critical of a lot of things that Vince McMahon does. But this is where the swerve comes in. I still think, though, that the saga of the Vince McMahon character, the the character of Vince, Mr. McMahon, is probably one of the best storylines of all time, which is ironic given how awkward and shitty as at writing his own storylines for other people that the, <laughs> the Mr. McVan character is absolutely fantastic. When you look back on some of the stuff that he's done over the years, like one of my favorite, when he was trying to give away a million dollars on television oh, yeah. by trying to call people, that is comedy and entertainment gold. Absolutely fantastic. Trying to watch Vince trying to call people to give away money and just, you just have to go and watch it, you know, and, and, you know, coming out, you know, when he was able to bow out both quads coming out to the, to the ring and just still sit there and still be that character. And just like that whole saga involving like Austin and everything. I just said uh, that whole thing, even with the, with Shawn Michaels, that, that whole saga of the Vince McMahon character, I think is still one of the best storylines that has ever happened in professional wrestling. There you go. I, I thought you were going to go coconut. <laughs> that's right up there as an honorable mention for me because Piper is my favorite of all time. And that's probably like one of the best shoot segments of all time. Cause I mean, he like legitimately cracked him over the head with a coconut and that had to hurt like hell. I was almost worried there for a moment when RBV was talking about the Canadians because my pick is actually <laughs> Bretton Owen. That rivalry that Brett and Owen had, just the whole story by, I mean, brother versus brother, of course, that's and legitimate blood brother and brother. And to to take everything that from Stampede days all the way up through and really tell an amazing story for me, that that was, yeah, that's that's the greatest. Brett and Owen. Uh, JPJ, I I hope I didn't steal. You uh, did. It's okay. I had to. I had to, just in case. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Brett Nolan, best opening match in the history of WrestleMania, by the way. Still, I still think it is. Yeah, um, that's a good choice. Well, I will stick with the brother-brother route. I'm going Undertaker and Kane. It, I think... What a saga. You, what a saga. Oh, man. I oh, think you could argue man. it's the greatest story 
that Vince ever told. I think you can make an argument for it. When you think about the layers, yep. the depths of like with uh, Paul Barra oh, and yeah. when he's screaming, Kane's alive, Kane's and the Undertaker's like, what the, f-? And nobody, <laughs> nobody, yeah. the Undertaker wasn't a type of character that got frazzled, right? He's the Undertaker. And when they started introducing Kane, you saw this new layer in the undertaker yeah. and it was emotion and it was like, Whoa, you, you know, and when Kane first got there at the hell in a cell with Michaels and the undertaker staring him in the eyes and you can see the undertaker's eyes and he can't believe like the facial expression of the undertaker. He cannot believe he's like, Holy crap, th- this is <laughs> Kane. And then Kane caused cost him the match. And then those weeks and weeks where he's like, I'm not fighting you. I don't care what you do. I'm not fighting you. And then Kane finally took it too far. And they had that thing where like the undertaker walked through the fire and he's like, I will walk through the depths of hell to fight you. Oh my God. And then they became tag teams. One of the better, you know, brothers of destruction and iconic tag team, like that whole story in general, even to the point this year where on that show, the bump or whatever, they had the undertaker call Kane to induct him into the hall of fame. And they were both kind of like crying, like emotion, everything involved with that storyline. I think you can make an argument. It might be the best. That Vince ever told. Uh, Kane with Kane's debut because remember they went silent on it for a little bit. Oh yeah, it, oh, like yeah. a couple of weeks, and it, that's one of those things that you remember as a fan, like where you were, 100%. and you remember that feeling. And as soon as that hit, you're like, oh, I'm shit. getting goosebumps right now. I got goosebumps. Yeah. On uh, you talk about right you talk about those great moments, and and, and then Vince about, yelling. Uh, you talk about someone that overcame terrible gimmick after terrible gimmick and it really yeah. to kind of get one that was maybe not meant to go anywhere and he took Kane and ran with it yeah I think Kane is underappreciated in general yeah. that guy could have a great match with literally anybody little I mean, guys big guy doesn't matter who could and come back just- who could come back from a failed dentist gimmick to then yeah. Yeah, remember he was fake Switch. diesel. He was the dentist. Yeah, fake Unibom. diesel, and then he <laughs> yeah, still yeah. managed to pull out one of the best characters, yeah, Hall, of, Hall of Fame character, like Hall of Fame career out of it. That's and like even even the different yeah. layers of Kane when they unmasked him, and everyone was like, "Oh, it was like weird at first, and then he turned that into just a crazy, evil, demonic <laughs> with the eye, and it was just yeah. like, okay, yeah, and like he just yeah. they kept were going, selling, they were selling him as a mute retard. Yeah, really. They and were. he turned it. Yeah. And he turned it into gold. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic, and, man. I yeah. think that's that takes. A yeah, there's arguments talent. for other ones. The mega powers colliding is a great one too. You could throw in here. Yeah. But I think, yeah, that for me, the Owen Brett one was my first choice. But my number two that I had in case anyone uh, snagged it from me was. Now for Kane. you guys going Owen Brett there, I agree. Magnificent, and, and you're right. I mean, it's it's one of the oldest stories from the Bible, brother versus brother. Uh, how can you go wrong yep. there? Now, now we, we always praise WrestleMania, the match there at, at 10. I personally thought the SummerSlam cage match was better. Oh, yeah. That was a damn good one, too. Yeah. Damn good one. Yep. Yeah, for sure. For Bret and That whole feud in general was just yeah. A-plus. Just A-plus yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then the fact that essentially Bret was able to put over Owen, it made Owen almost look even better than him. Like, absolutely incredible. Um, that yep. uh, I mean, Owen looked like a million bucks. I mean, I mean, I'm a big. I was always a big fan of both both Brett and Owen, but like after like their their matches, like I was left there sitting thinking to myself, I think Owen's better than Brett. Like especially when <laughs> it comes in, to in ring, in, in as ring good wise, as Brett is. Yeah, in God, ring as good as Brett damn is, Owen, I think was Owen, Owen was good. Is. Damn Owen yeah. was good in that ring. 
coming up, you know, as proud as Canadians are, you know, when, when you have someone find success like that and they get to stardom, you guys really seem to rally around them. Was there a divide? Like, are, are you a Brett guy? Are you an Owen guy? I mean, did you kind of have that up, up there? Was the I think it was more of a divide between Sean and Brett. I yeah. think uh, would have been yeah. more of the, the, the divide. So you're both just kind of rooting for your home team guys. Just Absolutely. Hoping they both find success. I, I didn't Absolutely. know maybe if, if you had you were picking sides. Now, obviously, yeah, because – uh, you know, the heart stood for everything that your country does, and Shawn Michaels kind of stood for what we <laughs> what we are. You so. know, and, yeah, you can definitely make yeah. that argument. When it comes to Brett and Owen, I was always a little more partial to Owen, um, but I always rooted for both Owen and Brett. Yeah. When it came to Brett and Shawn, I was always rooting for Shawn Michaels. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Uh, everything that Shawn Michaels did, uh, I was I was a fan of. Absolutely everything. So, I mean, yeah, Brett and Shawn, I was always rooting for Shawn Michaels when it came to Brett and Owen. I was cheering them both on. It was yeah. one of those, come on, Brett. Come on, Owen. Come on, Brett. Come on, Owen. It, yeah. Yeah. If, if your windows get busted out at work tonight, now you know why. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, guys. I guess that's about time to wrap it up here for this week. But before we do go, I do want to go around and give everybody a chance to get their plugs in, get their shit in, and uh, let everybody know kind of what's going on. Let's start off with you, RBV, outside of what you're doing with us right now. What do you have going on these days? Well, of course, you can, uh, you can catch me weekly as part of the Hameen Media Group. Uh, real nice and simple. You can find us across all social media at the Hameen Media Group. Right now, we are currently in the process of moving all of our content over to the Realm Network. Uh, so we got some exciting things in the works there. Uh, personally, some projects I have coming up here that I, I want to get over. If you're looking forward to it, yeah, you know me. Hashtag RBV Fitness. If you are a foodie, coming up Sunday, July 4th is my annual hot dog eating contest watch along where you get going at noon. It's probably the most in-depth, most fun play-by-play you're going to get on any food eating competition around. We're going to have that available through the Hameen Media Group, and we're going to be streaming live on YouTube, on Twitch, wherever else we can get at it. So that's coming up Sunday, July 4th, right around noon. Uh, contest gets wrapped up about 1 o'clock, so we'll invite everyone over to have a fun little hour sitting in as we watch some, uh, some people just disgustingly devour hot dogs. <laughs> Uh, then coming up here on, it, we got a, well, it's a little bit out, but I'm excited for it. We're, we're starting to get the uh, the deals done with talent. Thursday, August 26th, VV Indiana, the Swiss Wine Festival. They're going to be hosting us, the Professional Wrestling Alliance. We're bringing our brand of old school wrestling, territory style, to the Swiss Wine Festival. Names that we've just, before we got on here, I, I got off the, the line with Shane Taylor from Ring of Honor. He's coming in. Nice. Uh, we're going to have him squaring off against Congo Kong, formerly of Impact Wrestling. It's going to be nice. one of our big marquee Oof. events. Of course, we've got our great American champion, Scotty Amos. we got Ben Hameen coming in. We're still in the works with a few ex-WWE superstars, so look forward to news and all that. And you can keep up with me across all social media at The Real RBV. Absolutely. And for those, for whatever reason, if you're not watching Love Wrestling and what we're doing over there, and you should be, <laughs> what do you have going on over at Love Wrestling, JPJ? Yeah, man. Uh, the two things, the two shows that I have over there on Love Wrestling is I do a show called The War Report with the franchise, my buddy Matt. Uh, that is recaps of NXT and AEW. Uh, and then I do a show every Thursday night that you, Mighty Joe, help us produce uh, called Between Two Beards. That is with my buddy Pluggo. He was in the chat a little earlier today, John. Uh, that's more of a free form, you know, talk about the week's happenings, definitely more interactive, like involving the chat we, we answer their questions we do drafts and lists try to make it more of a fun style like hey just come with your your buddies and kind of shoot the shit about some pro wrestling a lot of fun 
Um, I can't announce it yet, but we were just talking a little bit of Brett and Sean. We might have some exciting Brett and Sean stuff coming up hmm. on Between Two Beards in a few weeks that we'll be itching to uh, announce in a few days. But other than that, my Twitter is down here, at Joseph underscore Poolin Jr. Yeah, man, just doing love wrestling, chatting wrestling with a bunch of great people. That's what I like to do. Absolutely. All right, Carl, let us know about our wonderful sponsors. Phoenix at fnxfit.com. You know what they do? They do health supplements. So if you're going and working out, you need some supplements for that, or you need some really awesome workout gear, go and check out fnxfit.com. While you're there, make sure you use our promo code TBTALKPOD, and you're going to get yourself a cool 15% off your entire purchase over at fnxfit.com. You guys heard earlier about our sponsor, Collar and Elbow Brand. I'm still stoked and blown away that we are the first podcast that was sponsored by Collar and Elbow Brand, and I absolutely love it. All of the gear over there is absolutely amazing, such high quality. I have stuff from day one that I still wear today. Uh, Yeah, see? I'm still wearing it today. That's how good this stuff is. So go and check them out. Collarandelbowbrand.com. Use our promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout for 10% off. And we cannot forget about our other two, not really sponsors, but I mean, we're talking Dr. Pepper, of course. Everybody needs to drink Dr. Pepper. If you're not drinking Dr. Pepper, there's something wrong with you. Go see your doctor. And that doctor's the pepper. And... StreamYard. Thank you so much to StreamYard for for this amazing platform that we have been able to bring you our podcast in video form, which has been absolutely amazing. We've been using it for uh, at least six months now, and it has been fantastic. So thank you so much to StreamYard for giving us this platform as well. Absolutely. And just again, a reminder coming up for Carl and I this uh, Wednesday. I'm pretty sure, yeah, Wednesday. I think I've got the day right. Um, yep. We're going to be going back to 2019, that G1 Supercard Show for Madison Square Garden, a really uh, landmark event of professional wrestling. And we're going to be looking at that Honor Rumble, a really cool mix of Ring of Honor talent and New Japan talent. And as I had mentioned, alongside Carl and myself, we are going to be blessed by the host of Destino and the Hitting the Marks podcast, Mr. Michael Jargo. Dude, I can't wait to break that match down with you guys. It's going to be fun. I am going to need a nap before we do that one because that's going to be a long one, folks, but I can guarantee you it's going to be well worth it. Absolutely. All right, guys, that about wraps up here for this week. We'll see you guys on the next one. It's me, it's me, it's an Armin B to beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. We have content, especially lit up by the flagship show. You can find that all at HittingTheMarks.com. Run. Right.